When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to cheat on me? Fine, I'll play musical chairs, forever. This is about my former boss at pretty big grocery chain. So Dave was a pretty average guy, 40 some years old, graduated high school, married his high school sweetheart, got a stalker job at the grocery store and worked his way up to store manager. I worked at his store for 8 months and he was great boss. Everything got weird in month 9 when he was suddenly fired. And the very next next month he came back as the produce manager. Then the produce manager Bob, suddenly became the store manager. I was stocking with Dave one night after the fact and asked him what the duck was going on, so he told me. Turns out Dave's high school sweetheart wasn't so sweet. She married him because he was 6 feet 7 inches, the star of the basketball team, and she thought he was going to play in the NBA. When he chose quiet small town life instead she never forgave him for it, nor did her well-to-do white parents no money, no tolerance types. She even cheated on him with guys that worked beneath him in the stores he managed. He told me he had to change stores five or six times over the years, but had stayed with her for his kids. She threatened to take them away and he didn't want them to suffer or for him to be known as another deadbeat and or to everyone in the community. So he played the long game. He was a good father to his kids, when his wife's parents died he used the big inheritance to pay for all three of kids to go to really good private schools and top-tier colleges, with the rest set up in a trust. Lived frugally, and got an accountant to manage his savings. At the youngest kid's high school graduation he served his wife the divorce papers and walked away. She can't get alimony because he needs to be gainfully employed for 12 consecutive months before they can take anything. So every 11 months he gets fired and rehired at a different position with the same pay lol. The inheritance is gone because he spent it all on the kids, and his savings is off in Uzbekistan or something where she can't touch it. She got the house but has never worked her entire life, her looks have faded, and she has no money in the bank. Last he heard she had to sell the house and move in with her sister. He still a has a great relationship with his kids and is loving his midlife crisis because there are a load of girls nowadays curious about that BBC. I went in the store when I was back home and Dave was still there and still getting fired. Edit, so there seems to be some confusion. Alimony is not child support. Alimony is post-divorce monthly payment to a former spouse so they can keep their standard of living and has no end date. So a person could technically pay alimony until the day they died. Edit, yes, afterwards I did some fact checking. I was nosy and wanted to know if anyone she ducked was still working there. I asked around and one of them was, he was then the assistant manager of the store down the street. Everyone at Dave's current store heard about it before Dave ever got there which is kinda sad. Redditor's reaction story 2 after. Redditor 1, this is hilarious and brilliant. Good for him. Redditor follow-up, reminds me of the guy former top executive who took a minimum wage job to spite his wife. 
She got a percentage of his take-home pay and since he was getting paid so little it was his version of a fuck you. Redditor 2, why does he still need to be fired every 9 months if he's divorced now? Op answer, every 11 months. It's so he doesn't have to pay alimony, which starts after you get a divorce. Redditor 3, I know a guy that does this, has a car detailer but spends everything he earns on alcohol his buddy owns a bar and takes the money and saves it under his account and manages his bills for him. Don't know the whereabouts of his ex but he said they practically made her homeless. Redditor follow up, how's he doing this? Alimony is usually calculated based on gross pay, not what the payer has after their own purchases. Otherwise lots of people would probably pull off schemes like this. Story 2 D-bag step aunt broke my uncle's heart and drove him to suicide years ago. So we hooked her with a little game called catfish. Hi Reddit, you know how it goes. Throwaway account, long time pro revenge reader, never participated until now, don't want to use my real account, sorry for the lengthy tale so, anyway, I come from a stereotypical, close-knit, super nice Canadian family. We have some raging, uppity Quebec boys in our ranks, but other than thinking they rule the world and that they speak real French while French people speak a trash dialect, they're part of our family too, and we love them. I'm 29 now, but the first part of this story took place around 15 years ago, when I was still a kid. I have two brothers, one younger by two years Kevin, and one older by three years Paul. My mom was and is a homemaker, and my dad is now a retired accountant, but before that he spent a decade in the Canadian Army. Our family's closest relatives were my uncle Gary and his wife Bernice, who lived in the next province over on the border and visited our family multiple times per year with their sons Howie and Frank, who were around the same age as me and my brothers. So, we kids were all good friends growing up. Being the only girl, I got to do all kinds of stereotypically male games like football, fast pitch baseball, hockey, building treehouses, and things of that nature. We had other extended family to come over for Christmas and Easter, but Uncle Gary and Aunt Bernice were close enough to us that they'd come over just because Gary had a good day at work and wanted to make a celebration dinner out of it. Gary was an artisan who built furniture from scratch and sold it from his own store, first at his physical store but then later online too. His biggest triumph was when a hotshot attorney commissioned him to furnish his entire suite of five offices across Montreal. Before that he was a soldier like my dad in the Canadian Army, which meant he'd shoot you but say please first. So these fun times continue from the time I was a baby up until I was around 13, when Aunt Bernice developed an operable B East cancer, and passed away at only 46. It hit Gary very hard and of course was a nightmare for his sons too, who lost their mom right around when they started high school. Gary had a couple of depressed years, even though he tried to put up a brave front. Eventually, he met a woman online from Manhattan, NYC, who I'll call Linda. Linda was only 27 when Uncle Gary started dating her, or rather started a long-distance online relationship with her. This was back when chatrooms were a big thing. Linda was an ex-model and aspiring actress both on stage and on screen. She had actually been in bit parts in various commercials and minor, non-speaking roles in some Broadway shows, but no breakout parts. With the passage of time I can reflect and see that she really couldn't support her lifestyle based on the work she did. It's clear she manipulated men into paying her way through life. She was strikingly beautiful though so she had that going for her, 
My parents thought Linda was far different from Bernice and they didn't like her at first, but since Gary seemed happy they were happy for him and went along with it, and didn't try to dissuade him from dating her. Howie and Frank told me and my brothers that they didn't really like her, especially as she was acting too familiar way too soon and calling them her boys as if she was already replacing their mom. But as long as their dad was getting over his depression, they were happy for him. After less than six months, Linda moved to Gary's house and was playing house with him and his sons, taking on the role of mom. Gary would bring her to all family functions, and she looked really flashy and glamorous compared to the rest of us. She definitely screamed New York. Not literally but yeah. According to my cousins, she did cook and clean and play a positive role, at least at first. Then they finally married. Most of our relatives weren't thrilled with the marriage, but again, as long as Gary was happy, then we were all happy for him. Especially since it had been two years since his wife passed away. I was about 15 at this time. Howie and Frank would always text me or chat with me online about how Linda changed almost overnight once she married their dad. While she had been helpful around the house before, once she was officially married to my uncle she became extremely domineering and ordered my cousins to do way more chores than they were used to. They had always done things like cut the grass take out the garbage, sweep up the patio. But Linda demanded they do absolutely all the chores now. So instead of everyone doing something so that the entire household was nice and clean, Linda would relax all day while Howie and Frank vacuumed and mopped and did laundry after school. The only thing my cousins didn't have to do for Linda was cook for her. But that was because she ordered delivery almost every day. My cousins did admit she had good taste, in that she didn't order pizza or other relatively inexpensive delivery food, but instead full-on gourmet meals. Uncle Gary, of course, footed the bill for all of these extravagances. When they didn't order in, Linda enjoyed dressing up and going out to dinner even more. I think it helped Gary's self-esteem to be seen out and about with such an attractive woman, but now that I'm well into adulthood when I see pictures of them all from that era, Linda looks like a call girl. I'll hit fast forward and get to the point. Linda was obviously a fortune hunter, and although Gary wasn't a rich man, he was quite well off, very trusting, lived away from huge cities his whole life, lonely, and generous. All of these things made him a perfect victim for someone like Linda. Did I mention the insurance policies? Of course she wheedled Gary into taking out large policies on his life. Of course to allay any suspicion, she also had a hefty insurance policy on herself with Gary as the beneficiary. Through her feminine wiles, according to my cousins, Linda convinced their father to name her as at least 80% beneficiary to all his assets in the event of his death, assets which amounted to well over a million dollars for just her portion. Linda enjoyed traveling, and the fact that her stepsons weren't 18 and had to go to school, and the fact that her husband had a store to run didn't stop her from indulging in her passion for long journeys. Or her passion for chasing other men. She'd always deny it, but Gary was a non-stupid stupid guy, if that makes any sense. He was a fool in some ways, but he was smart in others. He was a fool for Linda. Linda had male friends all over New York, and even in town where my cousins lived. My cousins said that they inadvertently walked by the living room where she had their back to them and was using her laptop, and chatting with guys much younger than Gary. Other theater people. Other times when they were out with their friends, they'd occasionally see her with another man, 
and it looked like they were on a date. This, while her husband was dutifully at work, running his shop. My cousins were nearing adulthood by this time but they didn't want to get involved in their dad's personal relationship with his wife, so they never told him about it even if they told me. It didn't matter. Like I said, Uncle Gary wasn't all the way dumb and he figured it out on his own. And if he couldn't, he had hired a private investigator. I was still a kid at the time and so no one shared all the tawdry details, but since that time I've pieced it together from multiple accounts that Linda basically had boyfriends all over New York, Los Angeles, Montreal, and she'd often use Gary's money to fly out to see them, or even worse, spend Gary's money to fly them out to Canada. We all thought that Gary was using the private investigator to gather evidence for a glorious divorce against Linda that would teach her a lesson, but sadly that was not to be. Ever since Bernice died Gary had never really recovered, and now that Linda had clearly betrayed him he spiraled really quickly into deep depression. It's even worse because he maintained this stoic, happy vibe around his sons. Then one day out of nowhere he just blows his brains out with his old army automatic. Everyone is devastated, especially Linda. But not for the reasons that everyone else is. She's distraught because her husband's insurance doesn't pay her diddly squat in the event of a suicide. Her consolation prize is that after all is said and done she not only has Gary's five-bedroom house which is paid off, but also the vast majority of his retirement 401k equivalent and close to all of his savings. Howie and Frank did get a few thousand dollars each, but it would in no way see them through college, or even set them up to be independent in town with an apartment for any length of time. Howie was over 18 now and attending the local college to become a software developer but his heart wasn't in it. His dad had been helping him pay for it, but he also worked part-time as a waiter in town. Frank was in his last year of high school. Linda did not offer to help Howie continue to pay for his college, and he couldn't afford it on his own so he dropped out and worked full-time at a retail store. Neither he nor Frank wanted to live with Linda, so my own parents took them both in. It was a tight fit. I was lucky being the only girl because I still got to have a bedroom all to myself. Howie had to share a room with my brother Kevin, and my brother Paul stayed with Frank Paul Frank, like the clothing and accessory brand LOL. My own parents weren't especially well off so it was clear all of us, sons, daughter, and cousins, would have to work at least part-time through college. My dad's accounting job paid well but he was the only full-time worker in our household of now seven with a serious salary, so all of us got jobs as teenagers and young adults to pitch in. I went to cosmetology school and became a professional hairstylist. Eventually at age 23 I met my husband Logan, same age at a photoshoot we were both working at. He's a professional photographer. We have a three-year-old daughter Natalie. All four of the boys are married now. My brother Paul became an accountant like my dad and he and his wife have two daughters. My brother Kevin became a high school science teacher and he has a daughter the girls in our family are finally catching up. My cousins Howie and Frank both have wives and two kids each, though both of them have a son and a daughter. Howie played minor league professional hockey for several seasons and became a professional furniture maker like his dad used to be. His brother Frank is his business partner. It seems like Linda became a distant part of the past, but I never forgot her. It's a shame my cousins didn't get to continue with their dad's business, because almost before Gary's body was cold, Linda sold off the business and liquidated everything, 
yielding many thousands of dollars free and clear, but erasing what should have been a family business to last many generations. She also sold Gary's house and yielded many more thousands of dollars. So all of these fire sales in combination with Gary's retirement and savings money meant that Linda was a millionaire. She moved away, I assumed, into the ether, never to be seen again. Yeah, I never forgot her, but my husband Logan reminded me. In showing him old family photos, Logan told me that Linda looked really familiar. She's younger here, but I took headshots for her not more than a year ago. Fascinated, I waited while Logan flipped through his digital camera archives and zeroed in on one of his clients. Sure enough, it was Linda, using what I know to be her maiden last name. A bit older, yes, but still flashy and I must admit she's still breathtaking. Credit where credit is due. Though, I must say she does look like she had at least a little bit of Botox done on her forehead. Digging around a bit more, and with both Logan and I using our connections in the theater, photography, and fashion industries such as they are in our part of Canada, we come to discover that Linda is living in New York these days, and is still an aspiring actress. My brothers and cousins are all married and living their lives, but when I call them up and tell them I've found Linda, all are down for a little fun at her expense. We hatch a plan. Nothing too serious. We just want to take Linda down a peg. All of us buy a couple of burner phones at random places, wearing dark glasses and hoodies, paying cash. We've all watched The Wire. We know how it goes. So, I think of most of my clients, and realize most are women, and the men I know aren't straight. I ask my husband, baby, who do you know that's a guy and drop dead hot? I mean, other than you? Once I convince him I only have eyes for him, he suggests a Russian-Canadian friend of his. A professional model and actor who spends most of his time in Russia and only a few months of the year in North America. 6 feet 4, 200 pounds of Slavic muscle. Oh, yummy. Calm down op, I tell myself, I'm married lol. Seriously though, all kidding aside. Sergei is 23 and looks like he came straight out of a male underwear photo shoot. We explain to him what we need from him. And once my cousins tell him what Linda had done to the family, he was totally down to play along. Especially when we offered to pay him a couple thousand dollars for his help. The two thousand dollars came about something like this. Daddy, can I have two thousand dollars? Dad says, what for? Are you and Logan in trouble? Business slow? No, it's just that I've tracked down Linda, you know, Gary's wife, and I'm going to make her look like an idiot and need a little money to make it work. Oh. Well I'll just spend less on us all at Christmas. Here's a check for $3,000. Don't tell your mother. Let me tell her. I need this. Keep me in the loop. So by calling on people who live in New York and are in the theater scene, we find out where Linda lives, and who she talks to for her theater union or whatever they have. By asking around on the phone, we discover that Linda still dates online. We read up her dating profile and it's totally nauseating. She talks about how she's an actress as if she's been in a lot of things, and she has all these photos regarding her travels, so we know she has a passport. At our instruction, Sergei creates a dating profile just to contact Linda. He of course has to fill it with his photos as bait. Because he looks the way he does, Right away his profile gets slammed by lots of messages from women, and even men. But he starts messaging Linda, 
We all know that women get way more attention than guys on these things, and despite Linda being 50-something and older than average for online dating, she's still amazingly beautiful. Whether she'd even see Sergei's profile over what must be dozens or even hundreds of other messages from guys looking for a rich cougar was a gamble. But after a couple of days, it pays off and Linda messages him back. Sergei clearly knows what to do, and immediately charms Linda with his accent and his looks and the whole international muscle guy aura he's got going for him. He is of course using a burner. He tells her he's an international businessman who goes to Canada, the USA, all over Asia and Europe. Mainly selling textiles. The fortunate bonus that he speaks Russian, French, English, and even conversational Vietnamese I know, right? It shocked me help establishes bona fides. Linda spins a web of bullcrap about how she's a former ballet dancer and that's why she's still so slender and fit at her age I think it's more due to lipo and anorexia, but wherever, I can be salty, especially after how she did Howie and Frank dirty. He implies that he has a second career working international security for high-profile people, too, and has different work phones assigned to him by his employers. It gives him this air of mystery and danger which I guess is interesting to a basic betch like Linda. Sergei basically gets Linda to really like him during the course of their online exchanges. He even gets her to send him nudes ew. Sergei in turn forwards these spicy pics to everyone else's burner phone. Ladies and gentlemen, you haven't lived until you've gotten crotch pics and bathroom mirror ducklips from a bleached blonde, 50-year-old divorcee. Long story less long, Sergei admits that he's falling for Linda, despite having never even seen her in person, and wouldn't it be wonderful if they could meet? Sergei tells her he's in Russia now. This whole time, Linda is wary that someone as young and handsome as Sergei must be looking to steal her money. Sergei heads off that suspicion by having a friend of his in Dubai send her a bottle of expensive liquor, with a signed card pretending it's with his compliments. The friend made sure to send him a copy of his signature so he could replicate it himself, and have others replicate it if necessary. From Russia, another generous, good sport who is actually a friend of Logan's, not Sergei's, who works in a wholesale store, sends a bottle of perfume to Linda, again signed by Sergei. Sergei actually even offers to buy Linda's ticket to meet him in Moscow. A bluff of course. To get to the hotel he's staying at, one need only take an 11-hour plane flight, and then take a car, bus, or train another hour or so out to a lovely little village where he will FK her brains out and they can travel Eastern Europe like Cyrillic Romeo and Geriatric Juliet. Convinced by now, Linda scoffs at the idea of Sergei paying her way. She insists on buying a first-class ticket to Moscow with her own money. Okay. But once you arrive, I'll pay for everything else. I wasn't there but I'm assuming that by this time Linda's panties are so wet that they've evaporated into mist. The big day comes, and Linda flies out for her Russian rendezvous. Sergei had a friend of his who manages a hotel in the outer Moscow suburbs help him out, which was why Sergei needed to use the particular hotel chosen. The fact that it was far out of the way and rarely even half-filled certainly helped. Only Sergei speaks Russian in our conspiracy group in Canada but he assures us he's followed our directions to a T. The friend, who speaks no English, copies a photograph of a message. Then we wait. The friend in Russia eventually texts Sergei's burner that Linda is at his hotel, looking quite lovely he might add. 
She asks him where her room is, where is Sergei? The man speaks no English but through translation apps her meaning becomes clear. Ah. Of course, the man uses his own phone to compose a message that is then translated into English. I don't know Sergei, but you have a room and it's right this way. His hotel has a close circuit tape that he later showed us all. Linda walks to a third floor room and is given a key. The whole floor is deserted, as it isn't a popular hotel even if it's beautiful, being as it's in a quiet neighborhood and is far from the city. Linda texts many messages to Sergei this whole period, who stopped answering once Linda got 10 minutes out of the airport. After Linda had been in the hotel a few minutes, a bellhop approaches and gives her an ice bucket with a bottle of champagne, along with an envelope. I don't know if Linda drank the champagne or what she did after she closed the door. She definitely stayed the night, according to management. She left quickly the next day without saying anything. It must have been something in the note that upset her so much. What's so upsetting about champagne and a card? I'd think anyone would be glad to get a chilled bottle of crystal. And if it comes with a mysterious note that says hope you have a wonderful trip, love, Gary, who cares? While all this was happening, all of us with burner phones were texting Linda's naked selfies to all the contact numbers we still had from when we were part of her life. To her friends, parents, professional contacts, people from plays she's been in. It had been 9 years, but we're Canadian, and we don't update. Then all the phones were smashed with hammers and thrown away without any replying. But before we did that, I sent the photos to a mutual friend of mine and Logan's in New York, who with the help of her friends, printed a hundred copies of the local box and ship, and smooth as can be, left a few here, a few there, a couple dozen scattered all around various theater venues, in old phone booths, on subway seats, in windows, you get the idea. All with Linda's first and maiden name as caption, and her phone number. Sergei deleted his dating profile and all his pictures. He made sure never to be in real FaceTime with her. He knows how to ghost, and how to deny, deny, deny. He's now doing his little panty dropper stud walk in Kiev for the next several months. The past many years, we'd all moved to different houses and apartments since Linda stole my uncle's life and drove him to death and robbed his children of their father and their inheritance. So if anyone ever asks us if we know something about this, we'll play dumb. Linda's had time enough to make all sorts of enemies. Could have been anyone, really. My parents still live in the same house. Other than my mom making sure my dad deleted Linda's B.O.B. and Beaver pics, they're playing dumb, too. There's always MILF P.R.N., Linda. Besides, you're still rich off your dead husband's money, so why so sad? Keep on aspiring there, eh? Redditor's reaction story 2 after. Redditor 1, that was a novel, holy crap, filled with hilarity, shock, sadness, and resolve. I hope it's true. Regardless, it was very well written. Kudos. Redditor 2, Lesson, Hire Russian Ricardo when you need revenge. Redditor 3, Goddamn, this was an absolute roller coaster of emotions. Any filmmakers out there? This is a drippingly hot plot for you guys. Redditor 4, Absolutely beautiful, though I hate that she got to keep over 1 mil. Redditor 5, Till don't duck with Canadians. Redditor 6, I bet a lot of men and women in New York are grateful to your family for the nice wank that day. Story 3, you run away to be with some guy you met on the internet? Your daughter hates you now. 
This happened a couple of years back. I'll try to keep it as short as I can with as much detail as I can. I was married for 12 years. My wife was a wonderful person. We had many laughs together and many great times as well. She also happened to be full of acid. Between the years of 2004-2007, she had multiple affairs including my daughter's first grade teacher the security guard in the building where she worked the son of one of her friends. This went on for three years behind my back. I had no clue she was a cheating BTCH. During the summer of 2007 I discovered the affairs. I confronted her with it and she didn't deny it. But instead of, you know, taking responsibility for it she told me she was running away to be with some dude she met on the internet. I thought she was joking and didn't take it seriously. The next morning she was gone. Neither me nor my daughter saw her for a year and a half. It hurt her a lot because she really looked up to her mom. Finally I got sick of hoping she would come back and I filed for divorce on the grounds of abandonment. She eventually came back and tried to act like nothing happened. Didn't matter because I got full custody. She also tried to sue me for alimony but that failed miserably as well. The revenge? Letting her duck herself over. She lost all of her friends, is in a s a ton of debt and her parents hate her. She works as a waitress at a restaurant and is living with random people off of CL. But what I know hurts her the most is my daughter, who's now 17, wants absolutely nothing to do with her. She got her visitation rights terminated by the courts, so she can't see her either. The most pro-revenge anyone could take is letting someone duck themselves over. It's priceless. Edit, thank you whoever gave me the gold. Redditor's reactions. Redditor 1. The most pro-revenge anyone could take is letting someone duck themselves over. Never interrupt your enemy while he is making a mistake. Napoleon Bonaparte, Redditor 2, all I can say is wow. I don't even know how I would deal with something like that. Good on you man, op answer, yeah it was horrible to go through. But I'm a better man and father now than I was before. Redditor 3, she eventually came back and tried to act like nothing happened. Did she just walk in the front door and literally act like she just got home from work? I'm curious how that situation went down. Op answer, she showed up at my door smiling, asking me how I was doing. It was certainly very awkward. Luckily my daughter wasn't there. Redditor 4, my dad had numerous affairs on the internet against my mom. None of them ended up being serious. They never met, until one lady. Anita. Fucking CCK holster of a cunt knew she was the reason my family was tearing apart. My dad met her on StarTrek.com. No ducking joke but it is funny. My dad was an alcoholic back then. While that doesn't excuse him for his cheating actions, it does explain it. He has since turned everything around for the most part. His current land whale literally has sleep apnea so bad because her fat is preventing her from breathing properly at night has no clue who she's gonna marry. She didn't know he had a drinking problem. I would bet she doesn't know why my parents divorced in the first place. I'm saving that bit for the wedding. Redditor 5, been there, done almost the exact thing myself it has been 15 years since she ran off to meet a dude she met on the internet. The best revenge is living well. Move on with your life. Tell your daughter that after age 18, she had the right to determine her relationship with her mother, if any. Don't want to hear from her mom? Don't. Then, 
Do yourself a favor find a hot chick to date. You deserve it. I'd buy you a beer if I could. Op answer, as of right now she wants absolutely nothing to do with her mom. Sometimes I'm on the phone with her I tell her mom wants to talk. She just stares at me and I get the hint. 